Hey everybody, Tyree here with Before I Forget. Uh, we're going to have a different kind of show today. My good friend Natalie is here with me. Say hi, Natalie. Hey, hey. So, uh, Natalie's going to introduce herself and then we're going to go into our typical show questions. Listeners, you know what it is. Say hi, Natalie, and explain who you are. All righty. Um, my name's Natalie. I, I know Tyree because, like he said, we're great friends. Um, I am a survivor of domestic violence myself. I was, uh, Tyree and I met because. I was a DART advocate through a shelter that works closely with the LAPD. And I was blessed enough to have Tyree be one of my favorite partners to work with. I learned a lot. Oh, that's sweet. And, well, I mean, it's sweet, but <laughs> it's true. Okay. And, um, yeah, I learned a lot. Working with you was my favorite part of the job because you gave me the inside scoops, the ins and outs. I mean, we saw some shit, but uh, at the end of the day, I feel like the experience was well worth it. And I took what you taught me and what the streets taught me and what those calls taught me and what the shelter taught me. And now we're incorporating it into something different. Um, I have a book coming out within the next year, hopefully the next six months, but it's going to talk about my story and... It's going to provide, hopefully, advocacy the way you're doing it in a different form for those of for those of those people that are out there that still think that there's not help and still think and feel that they're alone. I hope that this outlet in my book and your form of doing things with your podcast really reaches those individuals. So that's my personal mission. Um, so, yeah. All right. That can- answer for you so <clears throat> on our show we usually have certain questions these questions are typical so we all know where we were on a certain date um God. the majority of the people who listen to the show are military so i'm gonna swap the questions up just slightly for you what Perfect. what uh where were you on 9-11 i was uh in high school and right. what grade i remember uh, shit. <sighs> what was it? Sophomore year, I believe. Sophomore, junior year. Okay. I think. And, um, yeah, I remember my mom was nervous to send us to school. She didn't want any of us to go to school. I'm the eldest of four children. Okay. So, um, my dad was like, I can't believe this is happening, but the kids are going to go to school. So at high school, um, we were watching it on the news all day. And it was quite, it's, I still feel like it's still traumatic on so many levels. I've been to 9-11. My daughter's been to the 9-11 Memorial. In New York? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, I lived in New York for a month. And uh, Gabs just recently went um, in April of this year. So it's quite, if anyone hasn't gone, if you get the opportunity to go, it is just such a profound place. It's, it's, I, I, I talk too much and there aren't enough, there isn't a word for me to describe the feeling that you get when you're there. 
It's incredible. Yeah, I want to visit someday. It's a little tough to get down in New York from time to time for me, but... Of course, and it's so expensive. Oh, yeah. You can't fly anywhere now without paying an arm and a leg. Yeah, no, especially not New York. <laughs> okay. So, um, after high school, what was on, what was up, what was on the agenda for you? Uh, well, that's when my experience with domestic violence started, actually. Um, after high school, I moved out of my parents' house literally the day after I turned 19. Um, and... Uh, lo and behold, within those two years, I was in a relationship with a partner at the time who was emotionally and mentally abusive. Um, and then it got to the physical point. So, I don't know. Did you want me to elaborate there now? or? I mean, you can talk about or get into whatever you'd like to get into. Uh-huh. Um. Well, like I, when I speak to victims now, I always start with my story just so that they can see where I came from. Mm -hmm. And even now I see, had I left the second that I had the thought, like, maybe I should leave this relationship, Mm -hmm. which I know a lot of victims, both male and female feel that way. I would have never experienced anything had I just left the moment my gut said something's not right here, you know. And um, for me, the worst part of it, I ended up being strangled and choked and taken down to the floor. Terry, I don't know if I've even told you this, have I? No, I don't think so. Yeah, Any, I, don't uh, think so. I never. Uh, when uh, I'm in uniform back then, right. yeah, it really wasn't my place to have to ask those kind of questions. So exactly. I appreciate you telling me those questions now. All right. Give me those answers now. Right. No. Yeah. Um, I think we both kept a very professional. I mean, personal. Sure. We became friends after the fact of working together, too. But like, no. Yes. So my story is that um, I was basically supporting this individual financially, emotionally, on every level and he was taking from me on every level so when it got to the physical point it was one night where I said either you take the car or you take the phone but you can't take both because at this time remember I'm 19 and a half 20 working two jobs and I'm not going to school right like And it was in a not very safe neighborhood for me to be by myself without a car or a phone. You know, common sense. What neighborhood? Um, I was living right off of 605 um, between Pico Rivera and Whittier. So like the Whittier Boulevard exit. Yeah, I know that area. Right. So it's not very friendly. Yeah, it's not. (laughs) At that time, there was a lot of drugs and prostitution around that area. Um a lot of uh, drive-bys under the freeway overpass. So it was just not a good place to be. And so he got upset because, of course, you know, he was cheating on me and needed the car and the phone. And so I was like, no, pick one. And it became physical, like I mentioned. Um, And then Tyree, like, you're not going to believe it, but this 
is the dumbass that your friend used to be. I remember, like, he let me go <clears throat> after choking me. He had me in a choke. And he let me go because I was struggling for breath. And then I guess realized what he had done. And I realized what was happening. And he pretended to call 911 from the phone to, like, turn himself in, I guess. Hmm. And I'm processing what's going on, right? And I'm so in love with this crazy individual that I'm like, no, if they come, they're going to take him. This is my thought process. Still, still, this just happened. This is 20 seconds into I've just been physically abused by my boyfriend. And so we, we drive away and I get the phone and I realize that he had faked the call with the operator for a good, what, 15, 20 seconds. And then I realized what he had done. And two weeks later, I go to my mom's house and I just finally told my mom and my aunt, my tia, I'm like, you know, he's cheating on me. I got to get my stuff. But I didn't tell them that it was physical. Until we got back to the apartment and um, we're walking through the back gate and I'm thinking to myself like, shit, do I say something now? Like, when do I say this? When is this the right time? At this point, I had told no one what had happened between us. Um, And so I tell my tia because she was also a survivor of domestic abuse. I don't tell my mom and I tell her, tia, he choked me. Like, right before, my mom was already in the, like, already going to go in. <laughs> and I pull her aside and I whisper to her. I'm like, yeah, he choked me. And she's like, what? When? And I say, uh, this was a few, like, two weeks ago. And she's like, what? So we go in. We get my stuff. We leave. Um, and, yeah, so that's what happened with me. I was terrified for about, I, I was terrified because of him for a very long time, I would say traumatized for about two years. I wouldn't, I still don't go to the city that his family is from. I stay away just because I don't even want to. I'm a mother now. My daughter is in high school. I don't even want to open the door there ever. However, I have thought if I do see him, um, I hope that. He sees me happy with whatever I'm doing at the moment. And I really do hope I don't see him. Just because we've moved past. And forever, for everyone that is going through that right now, you move past. You move forward. And they are no longer allowed to enter your life or disrupt your happiness. And whether it takes you two weeks or two years or 20 years, you get past it, you know, and I think that that's the most important message. You know, my daughter's happy, thriving. So am I, Tyree, like you've seen me come a long way. Mm -hmm. I was sick. I'm happy now. I'm healthy now. I'm in love now. And it's possible for everyone. Um, But yeah, that's my story. And then with domestic advocacy, like it's, it's a lot of 
of individuals. And now I see it in high school. It's a very prevalent issue. So I'm really happy we're talking about this. Oh, yeah. So let me ask, uh, during the course of that particular relationship, when, mm-hmm. did, when did you notice the change? Um, well, it was a very codependent relationship because we were so young mm-hmm. and financially strapped. So, I mean, take our age out of it. That in itself, finances have a lot to do with stress on a relationship, oh, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely that does. One, one of the reasons, you know, that, you know, even when we would work together, Tyree, we all would know, like, around the holidays, we're busier, right? Like, st- high stress levels. Oh, yeah. Money management, you know, people get angry. There's more drinking. So, you know, I would say I started noticing an emotional. He was depressed himself. So a lot of it was negativity and toxic behaviors like lying and cheating. And the codependency doesn't help. The lack of personal space and privacy does not help. And. You know, I'm not victim blaming at all, but, you know, when you look back, you do feel, man, you know, I should have left this time. I should have left this time, but you can't live and should. You know, I recently, I recently read a book um, where this author says that she wishes the word should were to be removed from the American language because we can't live in that space. Um, and yeah, so I would say about six months living together, things got a little too rough for me to handle emotionally. So I think that's when I should have left, but I stayed for, uh, about a little under two and a half years. I want to say, wow, that's a long time to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a long time. Yeah, um, a lot of people don't realize most of these relationships that fall into the domestic category, uh, dom- domestic violence category. Uh, at some point, uh, they start off just like any other happy relationship. It's, exactly. Uh, there's really no difference. Um, yeah. But exactly like you said, there could be a bunch of different factors that changes a person's mind or perception yeah. about things during that course and. You know, finances is one thing. I mean, I've had that problem myself. Uh, Of course. We all have, I'm sure. Every couple. Then there's like insecurities about things. For whatever reason, people are always jealous for something, one thing or another. Exactly. Um, And that kind of snowballs until that person tries to manipulate that other person and it doesn't work anymore. Exactly. And then they go through all all those steps, the... You know, blame the victim for everything. It's your fault I cheated. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, if you had just done this, or why did you wear this? Or did you notice how you bent over this way? And it's things that really, as a woman, no, just because we're friendly or we do things a certain way, there's no ill will or malintention mm-hmm. for our daily ways of doing things. But when somebody is that low on the vibrational level and as in their own mind space it's never okay to project that onto somebody else's mind space and affect them in that way 
And you're right. I don't think they real men, especially men. Well, no, I shouldn't say especially men. Women too are very, very emotionally abusive towards their spouses, and they don't think it's abuse because you're not touching them with your hands or fingers. You're not throwing shit, but it's terrible. It's really terrible, and it is toxic. Yes, it is. And, and women need to be held accountable there. And I feel like in this day and age, that conversation is not being held. It needs to be. You know, it, do you remember I, some of those calls that we went on? They were some yeah. female uh, suspects, and oh, exactly yeah. like you said, it, it's. Uh, I remember one in particular that always sticks out to me. How many ever years later? Which one is that? Where we could, where where the 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 officers, the arriving officers, weren't sure which one was the suspect and which one was the abuser. Mm-hmm. And there was a little baby that was breastfeeding involved, two, two, two months old, I believe. Oh, wow. And it ended up being, you know what, Terry, maybe you didn't come on this call with me now that I think about it. I think I was with Mario. Oh, yeah. But, but yeah, so there was freaking scissors involved. This woman that was, you know, probably hormonal. She had just given birth. Who knows? But A little the, bit of postpartum. A little bit of postpartum, perhaps, doesn't matter what we're all suffering from. Like I said, this woman took a pair of scissors to her spouse's chest to the point where he had scratches on his chest because he was a thin, skinny individual. And for 20 minutes, Tyree, he would not give her up. He would not give her up. So when I, I arrived, they were like, uh, I kind of think it's the woman, but <laughs> go do your best. And yeah, sure enough, it was the woman. And I, and I look at her and I'm thinking to myself, of course, you don't say this out loud, but you realize it was a Friday. So you're going to get locked up, honey. And who's going to breastfeed your child now for the next three days? Yeah. Right? Like, I remember having this conversation you know, with Mario, as we left, like it's at the end of the day, it's the children that suffer and they don't want to see that when they're in such a toxic, domestically violent space, whether it's emotional, mental, physical, we're hiding meds, we're stealing money, we're, we're giving our seven year wife a $40 a week allowance. You know, people don't realize what it, all the levels of domestic violence, Terry, they don't. No, they don't. It's, it's, it's a very deep thing. It's not just a, 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 a physical violence like people assume. It's also just not partner violence. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Parents are with their children. It's despicable. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I told you all the time, even now. Terry, all these years later, look, I'll say it. I'm biased. I, I'm still not at the level, at the elevated level to be able to work with suspects. I can't. And perhaps I always will be because I'm a survivor. I'm a victim. I was a victim myself. But I cannot. I will not. I choose not to study that part. I just can't. Just because I've walked by therapy classes, group classes where you hear the things that some individuals say 
And I don't want to be around that. It's still so toxic, right? Yeah. That That's on a level for someone else. <laughs> yeah, that's but, not a beginner level thing to hop into. That's, uh, that's, that's a deep, no, heavy one. No, thank you. You know, yeah. God bless those workers, but that's definitely not my field. It's not easy at all dealing with suspects when it comes down to these those kind of calls. Um, and and out too when it's three months later, Tyree, like you know what I mean, and they're still defending the bullshit. Like, well, maybe if she would have kept her mouth shut, I wouldn't have clocked her in the face. Well, we're still here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just I can't. Wow, he said that while y'all were there. Oh well, I was walking by. Wow. An open- group class and I just hear that and it just was such a trigger for me and I remember telling a colleague like you know this is what these women that person right there she doesn't get paid enough money for sitting in a class right there with eight men speaking to her that way Mm. I don't know but I mean Tyree come on The, the woman could not have been making more than 20 bucks an hour are you kidding me no sorry Sorry, I wouldn't even take 26 bucks an hour. The hell? <laughs> you you couldn't pay me enough to be that moderator. No thanks. Yeah. We uh me and uh Kevin the co-host of the show, we uh we get into certain things that we just can't deal with. Uh Yeah, I'm sure. I think the suspect uh, domestic uh, suspects of domestic violence is one of them child abuse uh is the number one. Um but I don't know how many times we've gotten to those calls and you sit there and you hear the story and you're like, God, why didn't you just leave? I know. Why didn't you just go for a walk or why are you still here? If this has been going on for years and years and, and you know, some people have to get that strength to leave. You're right. You're right. And, and I just hope that so many, especially like the young, your young listeners, Tyree, there are literal text messages there's a number i believe it's i i need to look it up but i five six five six eight or i I don't know but you just text a number now and literally someone will respond to you within two minutes someone is going to respond to you through text so you have an advocate now through text that is an option people out there there's so many levels of help that resources just everything you know oh yeah that uh text number that you're looking for is 88788 and you text the word start and uh you get some help so i I think one of the big important things to do when you do decide that you want to try to get some help is to you know when you decide hey this is it i'm done with this now i'm gonna leave what's the plan yes Uh, a lot of people uh, we'll just leave and be like, well, now I'm in the street. I have no place to go. In their mind, yeah, of course, it's a better situation than what they were just in. But you still got to eat. You still got to maintain hygiene. You still got to work. Yeah, you yeah. still got to do all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, you don't want to put yourself in that situation. So make sure that you have a plan before you, you split. Or if you have to split, you know, have a, have a place to go. Tell a friend, you know, tell somebody, hey, this is going on. If I call oh, you. Fun. Yeah. 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 If I call you with this special password uh, word, if I call you asking for a pizza, oh. there you go. And uh, they'll know what's up and they won't make this suspect any more the wiser. Yeah. And uh, 
you can get out of there. You can do that the same way when you uh, call for police help and the suspect is sitting in front of you. You can call and just say something different and the operator will eventually understand what you're saying. Yes, just I have dispatcher training. Dispatchers are trained to pick up change in voice, change in tone. They mm. you can start talking about pizza and they know something is wrong yeah. immediately. Mm-hmm. So, yes, absolutely call in. Yeah. Hide the phone. If they don't if the suspect doesn't see that your phone is missing, hide dial 911. Put the phone under something. Let, you know, and say what you have to say so that they know that you need help like whatever if you need to use a trigger word so that he starts yelling you know cops will be there mm-hmm. they you'll, they will stop the violence they will see the violence happening and they will help you i know right now it's a shitty time for cops but at the end of the day police officers are going to do their job when it comes to domestic violence yeah would you disagree tyree like you oh, know? no. Yeah, that's a hundred percent. We're both dated. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's not like it's not one of those uh, calls you look forward to. But when you get them, you want to do everything you can to help. Absolutely, Women do not be afraid to call the police. Please call the police, please. Yeah. And I'm a brown Latina that has really I don't want to call the cops sometimes either. I'll say it, but not when it comes to domestic violence. Absolutely not. You call the cops. You call the cops. You get your life saved. You save your children. You get the hell out of there. Yeah. Okay. So just as much as getting out of there is staying out of there. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people. Um, Let's talk about that. Yeah. Male and female will go back to the abuser. And it just starts the cycle all over again. Uh, Why? We, Why do they go back, Tyree? Why do they go back? Um, you know, I, I'm not really sure. Why do they go back? Who knows? I don't, I don't know why, uh, you know, the way I see it personally, there's some things that I can't tolerate. And if physical abuse is one of those things in, in a relationship that happens, I'm not going to tolerate it. And I'm never going to go back to that. There's no words that could be said. There's no gifts. There's no anything that can make me go back to someone who was abusing me because they'll in my opinion they'll do it again or it's going to be worse and it's going to get worse yeah so i personally i can't put myself in the shoes of someone who's been in that situation because you know i don't know how that feels but i can tell you how to what i would suggest you to do to avoid the situation as best you can and yes. once you're in that situation, how to get out of that situation as best you can. Yes. Yes. You got to have those tools in your toolbox when it comes down to that kind of stuff. We have to. We all have to. And, and at the end, <coughs> excuse me. Goodness. Bless you. End of the day, people have to remember their own personal worth, your own value. And I think that's the problem with uh emotional abuse you know they bring you down they bring you down so 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 low you know victims feel like they're in such despair there's no way out <clears throat> all of the terms that they use and there's always a way out there's always a way out especially in a state like California where there's so many resources 
is, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, when I was working with you, we lost 50% of our DART advocates when there was a Republican elected in office. So that's always nice. Always Um, nice. (laughs) Huh? I say, yeah, that's always nice when you lose your resources. I mean, that's always nice, but we did what we had to do. We worked more hours, right? We get more advocates on the streets. It is what it is. And uh, the advocacy never stops until the issue stops, right? Right. The issue is not going to stop until abusers get it the hell together. So the abusers are never going to get it together. So it's up to everybody else to realize how prevalent the issue is and what the signs are before it gets physical get out yeah and don't be afraid to get out exactly and like we said you got to have a plan and you can't go back you cannot go back if you need to borrow money you borrow money if you need to get clothes you get clothes if you need to get a right to work you can take the bus like there are so many things that i thought man i could have done this i could have done this and you're right you were like when i said two almost two and a half years you took a breath that's a long time for anybody one day is a long time one second of physical violence is one second too long for anybody to have to experience another thing i wanted to talk about there what is it with people not opening their mouths in public when they see physical violence going on? Oh, man. You know, so often I think about this like I wish <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying that I wish this would happen. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I'm never around when it happens. I like I can- This just happened the other day in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Why is nobody saying anything on the streets? And I'm about to, like, turn my freaking car around to get a license plate and call it in. Like, I was furious. This is where I ride bikes and walk our dog, for goodness sake. I was furious. And it was maybe 8 o'clock at night. And I don't know if they were drunk, but this big, heavy set guy. It's basically you against me. Mm-hmm. Okay? I'm 5'2". I'm, like, what? A buck 35? And he was yelling at her and then grabbed her by the back of the hair and was pulling her to get into the car. She's on the floor and he's pretty much literally dragging her to get back in the car. So you already know I'm on full attack mama bear mode, pissed the hell off. Um, And yeah, unfortunately, by the time I turned around, he had gotten her back in the car and sped away. Mm. So it's just, they were in front of a house. They were in front of three other houses. There is a ruckus going on. You mean to tell me that you can't come outside and tell somebody, Hey, what the fuck are you doing to her? You know, a lot of people don't want to get involved. I understand that, but open a fucking window. Like really? No. You know, that's what I'm tired of, Terry. It's it's now I am seeing it where my daughter goes to school. I hear the way these boys think it's okay to talk to their girlfriends. You know, she tells me these stories about how jealous these women are, these little girls are with their boyfriends that can't even have certain phone numbers in their phone. 
Do you know control? Hello? If you, if first of all, as a parent, I'm sorry. If you're paying your kid's cell phone bill, are you not allowed to scroll through their messages? Please. Yep. My boy's uh, 14, and every now and then I go and look through it just to make sure everything's all on the up and up. Thank you. So do the same shit? Sorry, I don't give a shit. Nope, not sorry. Who pays for that cell phone right now? Yeah. Parents need to get it together because, yeah, that's another thing. The The whole people not saying shit in public pisses me off. Parents acting like they don't know what's going on in their or maybe you don't want to know what's going on in your child's relationship. That's already an issue there, first of all. Yeah. If you want to be an active parent while your child is dating, tell your parent tell your child they're not allowed to date. Make it easy on the both of y'all. Well, uh, you know how that is though. They're just gonna date anyway. It's just gonna well, be a little bit more more uh more anxiety in those kids, uh maybe, when it comes down maybe, to Maybe. Maybe, but I mean I just don't see what the problem is with certain parents not what you're not overstepping are you kidding they're your child yeah stop right now yeah a lot of parents they you know they go with the hands-off approach and let the kid figure it out but they don't understand that kid's mind isn't developed enough to handle that kind of stuff what kid what kid at 16 years old has it figured out yeah i don't care if they have straight days they're a great athlete well-rounded student they do not have it figured out and they're pretty brains right now they do not i'm about to turn 39 this month and uh, i'm still trying to figure it out so yeah little little timmy can't i I refuse to believe that he has the answers (laughs) oh gosh but um yeah the most important thing is uh you know if you gotta go you you gotta go well that didn't sound right oh yes get out have a plan because uh, without a plan, you kind of have nothing. And without nothing, all you're going to have is failure. Uh, and that's the last thing that we want to see. Um, we've been to, I don't know how many calls together, um, with this kind of stuff. Uh, and I don't know how many times we've been back to the same house over and over and over again. Uh, at least me personally. Um, dealing with the, the same thing. And... Um, You know, I'm glad that, you know, as times go forward, people are starting to understand like, hey, we don't have to stand for this. And, hey, let's try to help people out with this because it's more prevalent than you believe. Yes. please let's. Yeah. Every city has. uh, I mean, not every city. I know Los Angeles has a bunch of different programs. Um, yes, LA has a lot of programs for individuals living within their zip codes, the mm-hmm. county. Um, mm-hmm. Orange County also does. Uh, certain cities are a lot better at shelter and resources programs mm-hmm. like that than others. Uh, C- City of Whittier, don't mind giving a call, call out to them. City of Whittier, Whittier PD needs to get it together oh, with man. their dem- violence advocacy situations because I love how certain rich hoods love to not talk about the DV that goes on in their zip codes. They act like it's not an issue like the drugs in their neighborhoods. So please stop. You know those calls we were getting in West LA. Oh yeah. We've been to many billionaires houses. Yeah. We've dealt celebrities like stop it. Yeah. No, there's there's every anyone can be a victim. Uh, yeah, 
Yeah. One can have a seat and get off their high horse that it's only a poor person's, it's only a cultural thing. Stop. No, no, yeah. Um, you know our show is international, so any city that you're listening to this show in, I'm sure if you do the research, you can find something. Uh, oh, yeah. So there, it's it's everywhere. It's uh, it is at your fingertips. It is in your phone. You just gotta find it. It's in your phone. And if your local city doesn't have something, the next two cities or maybe a couple towns over will. Yeah. Yeah. So. We've spoken at length and in-depth about some domestic violence things, some ways to end the domestic violence problem uh, for individuals. We can't solve everything here. Uh, no, we can't. But these are suggestions that you should uh, consider if you're in those kind of situations. It's not a death sentence. You can get out of it. You just have to find no, that. How- there you go. Know how. Know how to get out, use your resources, like Terry mentioned, Get have the plan in place for sure. Have code words, let somebody know to a certain level what's going on. You don't have to explain everything either. Just say, look, I'm not happy in the relationship I'm in. I need a little help getting out. Would you help me? I guarantee you someone is going to say, sure, what can I do for you? Do you need a place to stay? Are you hungry? Basic necessities. Of course, your friends, your family will never turn you away. And if you feel like you don't have friends and family to rely on, because there are a lot of enablers, Mm -hmm. um, you go to city or government help. We will never turn, an advocate will never turn you away. We are so happy. When people actually call and say they're ready to leave because seven out of 10, I believe the statistic is go back. Now it takes, no, I believe the average is it takes seven times. Now it used to be five. When I first started working in domestic violence, I believe the statistic was it takes the average of five times for a victim to finally leave. Mm. Okay. Now I believe it's seven. I could be wrong because I haven't looked at that number because I was pissed when I saw it went up. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I choose not to cloud my mind with that type of information at times. But it's true. Like at the end of the day, those are facts. And it doesn't have to take five times. You can stay away after the first time. Let's stay away. Yeah. You just got to stick to it. And another thing I want to bring up is you say advocates, if you are a victim yourself and you've been through it and you made it through, be an advocate and help out other people. Yes, please. It's so it's we need help. The turnover rate for shelters in general doesn't matter what shelter you choose to go. Go try it out for two weeks. Go try it out. See if you like it. They will take you with open arms. They Mm -hmm. will take you. They're not fully staffed. Highly doubt any shelters fully staffed. Um, just try it out, and if you like it, stay. And you will help so many people. So many people. Even just if you even just help stick around for two weeks. In those two weeks, you're gonna help however many individuals they're allowed. You're allowed to converse with and and give advice to, and just let them know that. 
you have someone to talk to and the way you're feeling is okay and it's normal and there's nothing wrong with what you did and nobody deserves to be abused. 100%. So, so on that note, for this particular show, is we normally go a while on these things, but we're going to kind of end this one a little bit early because yeah. it's Saturday and who wants to deal with this kind of stuff, right? <laughs> We can always do another episode when we get questions or something. Oh, definitely. We can do another episode. So you guys yeah. hear the music. That's uh, the Heavy Wing by the Chili Peppers. That's our song to end the so show. Bad. I love this sh- song. It's awesome. Uh, thank you, Natalie, for coming on the show. Uh, it's not easy to talk about this kind of stuff um, no. in this kind of uh, forum. But, you know, here we are. And thank you for doing it. Of course. Thank you for providing a safe space for people to um, converse about things like this. It's it's really important, and I'm glad that you're helping people like me get the word out, Tyree. Oh, man, it's great to have people like you on. And um, once again, for the people listening, the text message you you text start to 8877. If you are, uh, that's the National Domestic Violence Hotline. Their phone number is also 1-800-799. 7233 Perfect. Um, even if you type in domestic violence on your phone, it'll give you a whole bunch of different ways to get yeah, some help immediately. A slew, a slew of resources. Yeah. So, uh, they're out there. Get the resources, use them. Uh, if you're a victim, get out of it. If you're not a victim, don't be a victim. Uh, once again, thank you for listening to Before I Forget. Thank you, Natalie. And uh, that's all we have. And here we go. Thank you for listening to Before I Forget. Please like, listen, share, and subscribe. Please share. And have a good day. <laughs>